welcome or welcome back to the Spa Strong Podcast. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in for another amazing episode. And we have an amazing guest. But first, you know what to do. If you are loving the Spa Strong Podcast, then please subscribe, leave us a five star review, tell your SC besties all about this. It really helps us to be able to reach more beauty professionals and help you become the badass beauty CEOs that you are meant to be. Yes. Wonderful. All right. So we have the pleasure today of speaking with Leah Yuhas. Leah is a two-time founder of Leah Lash Pro and Living in Alignment, and she's an OG lash expert since 2013. Throughout her career, Leah has gained an extensive knowledge of the beauty industry and quickly became recognized as a multi-award-winning lash artist, international educator, speaker, and judge, and has been featured in multiple publications. Some of her accomplishments include Leah Lash Studio and Academy, training courses across North America, complete eyelash extension product line, online courses, 2,300 plus students and mentees, and first time seen in the industry, dual lash training certification program with leading educators across the world. Leah has mentored and created multiple success stories throughout her career, including numerous six and multi six figure lash artists, educators, salon owners, and reputable product line owners. Leah's greatest passion is unleashing the true potential within beauty business owners and helping them sustainably scale without burnout. I love it. Yes. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing amazing. How are you guys doing? We're great. We're good. Thrilled to have you on the podcast. And before we dive into our topic today, could you just tell us a little bit about what led you to the beauty industry and to lashes specifically? Honestly, I loved the beauty industry since I was a kid. I always knew that I didn't want to go down the regular path. I always felt like a black sheep from everybody. And um, I actually started with being in the hair industry beforehand. I used to do hair and makeup. And um, while I was working at a very high-end salon uh, in Toronto, I got introduced to eyelash extension. At the time, they, I only got trained because I wanted to upsell services to, you know, help the other artists and stuff like that. But it just, next thing you know, it just took over my whole entire life. So um, here I am. <laughs> nice. I love it. I feel the same about lashes. I started doing lashes around 2013 also. Um, maybe 20, when was I going to school? 2011 or 2012, I think. And it's like, once you start doing lashes, suddenly there's no room for anything else in your life. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you were part of the group, the crew that used to use like 0.20 millimeter lashes and the loose lashes and all that. Yep. Oh yep. <laughs> That's and, an OG. <laughs> oh yeah. 100%. I had 0.25s. Like it yeah. was crazy and now I think about that I'm like oh my god I cannot believe I ever put those on anybody's lashes but whatever it's fine we live and we learn <laughs> yeah 15 millimeters d curl on everybody and 13 millimeter inner cor corners we used to be the the style <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh I love it okay so you got into the lash industry and you started doing clients yourself then at what point in your career did you switch into mentorship um, I got into mentorship about a year and a half ago. So at the beginning, um, I was doing lashes full time. And I first switched into being a lash educator. I started doing private trainings, then expanded into group trainings, then expanded into salon, then expanded into online courses, then ended up licensing my online courses to other educators, uh, which has been great because now they get to learn both online and in person. So it's not overwhelming for the students. And honestly, I have been in the industry for quite a long time and I just was tapped out of 
you know, like there's only so many tiny little lashes you can look in a span of your lifetime. So I kind of felt like it was something more that I wanted to do. And when I did have a salon, I was uh, training, doing clients, having a product line, and I was just burnout after burnout after burnout. And I was on a mission to figure out a different way. And I finally have, and this is, I feel like this is my life purpose now to do better about it. Nice. That's awesome. That's incredible. Yeah, that really is. Fulfilling. I know. Yeah. Seriously. Like finding your purpose is so incredible. And we absolutely love that for you. So tell us, since, I mean, you mentioned burnout and one of the areas that you've probably seen a lot that we see a lot with our clients and mentors as well, our mentees as well, is that they do not want to put time into social media because they're like, it is going to take all of my time. I'm exhausted. I can't keep coming up with content. I don't have time to edit it. I don't have all of this professional filming equipment. I'm just not going to do it at all. So tell us your thoughts on that perspective. So first of all, you don't need to have it all. You just have to start and allow yourself to build over time. I feel like people compare themselves to all these like professionals, you know, that are not even in our industry that have video editors following them day in and day out and, and do it. Like we're not there yet. Let's be realistic. So I think you just have to kind of work with what you have and find ways to really simplify the process and one of those ways that I have done for myself is before I used to block out like one or two days for content creation and I would just end up like pushing it down my schedule and later and later and postponing it next thing you know two months later I'm still without content so I again was an mission I'm like okay there has to be a way there's no way without content you have to have it there's just it's marketing, right? And um, I was just on a mission to find it easier and easier. And, I'm, and I have figured out a way to do that. And when you find an easier, more simple way to do it, it encourages you to actually stay on top of it, do it more. And I've been on a roll with my own content for like, I don't know how long, like over a year, two years now, nonstop. And it doesn't feel as hard as it used to be before. It's actually pretty easy at this point. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and yes, you, I did say that word. <laughs> yeah, you have a system in place, like for everything. Yes. And um, yes, I do. I I know exactly what it's like to just start. Starting, it's either one day or day one. You just gotta choose. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So with your, I mean, because this is something that we tell our clients when they fight us on social media about social media. We're like, okay, listen, you, just like you said, you need to start with what you have. You do not have to post 15 times a day. You don't need to go and buy like the highest end camera, you know, all this kind of stuff, but we need to start with just getting you consistent. So mm -hmm. how much posting or how much time can you dedicate to it just to make sure that you're showing up regularly? And if they're like, okay, I can do three days a week three days a week. Fabulous. Let's make that happen. Let's start there. And then we can always build on it, but helping people come up with a system is so important because I think there's so many people out there that are like, Oh, you should be doing this on your content. Oh, all of this is happening. And if you're not on TikTok and X and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and podcasts and all of this, then you're going to fail and it's not going to work out. And it gets so overwhelming for people. It does. It does. And honestly, I feel like when my business really took off with my marketing was when I stopped doing everything and just focused on one. So the platform that I personally chose was Instagram. And I'm like, okay, let me just 
do all of this. And I stopped focusing on trying to go viral, but really tried to focusing on getting my content to actually convert. And I am here to tell people that you don't need multiple six figure followers to get to generate six figures. So I think it's just a matter of understanding the difference between your feed and your stories and what is the purpose of each. So I have created my feed to be kind of like the first impression portfolio, should I say it? And then my stories to really connect with my audience and engage with them. And then when you launch anything, when you launch new programs or new services, they automatically trust you because they feel like they've known you all along. Mm-hmm. That's that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. really similar to what we tell our audience because or our clients because people ask us, you know, should I can I combine my professional page and my personal page or do I need to have both or what can I do? And we always tell them, you know, the the main feed is like the conversion central. If somebody lands on your Instagram profile, they're going to make a decision in 2.2 seconds about yeah. whether or not this matters to them. So What's on your feed should be for like cold audience and for people that are trying to make a decision and figure out if there's value for you. Then in your stories, that's where you can help form relationships a little bit more. Like, yes, you want to put yourself on your feed. It's very important for your personality to be on your feed. Like our personality is all over our feed and everything. (laughs) The stories is where, you know, we post about our dogs, where we post about like our trips, where we post about royal bugging me and you know all of that kind of stuff and so I completely agree and that's the place to really like not have to worry about okay is this completely on brand is this selling in the way that I think my clients and my audience are going to engage with you can kind of just be yourself and form relationships and make them realize that you're their lash bestie or you know whatever it may be exactly exactly and I feel like um People also underestimate the power of repurposing content. In fact, like this whole planning of what I was going to say when I was a part of this podcast came from one of my posts. And I just elaborated deeper and deeper because I don't need to start things all over again, do things from scratch. Again, if you're just on a haunt to look like, how can I make this simple? How can I make this more convenient? When things are convenient and simple, it you're automatically more prone to do it on a regular basis. But when it's hard, when you don't have systems in place and strategies to, you know, come up with your content, that's when, you know, lack of consistency comes in because you're just not, you just don't want to do it because it's hard. It's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like you're having to recreate the wheel every single time. So exactly. with all of this being said, do you have any other specific tips or anything else that you wanted to share with the audience about making this process simple for you? Yeah. So number one, when it comes down to getting content ideas, like don't just be a consumer of Instagram, but make Instagram your money-making platform, you know, like don't just sit there for hours and hours and hours, but get ideas, get inspired, save all the ideas. I actually have a special folder in my Instagram for content ideas. And I actually like to step outside of the industry. So that way my, my ideas can expand because I feel like if we only look like only lash pages or only hair pages you're so like blinded it's like you only have like a tunnel vision but not in a good way you know and when it comes down to creativity you do need to kind of expand your imagination and um usually what I like to do when I actually have to record the content I have everything pre-planned so my content days are not 
days anymore. It's just a couple of hours, like just a couple of hours here and there to, you know, gather content all along, gather ideas, write them down. When I go out on a walk, ideas come to me. I write them all down. And then I sit down and actually plan it. And then I have my actual execution time. So when it's execution time, I don't dedicate my energy to anything else except just doing a little bit of hair, makeup, showing up there. That's it. So it's instead of having like a whole entire overload and too much work all at once, I break it down into more digestible bits and pieces to actually make it easy and really developing a habit of creating content in my daily life, whether I'm going to use it or not, all the time I'm creating content. So I really have content overload. And yes, I do have that at this point. <laughs> nice. It's always better to have too much than not enough. Absolutely. Exactly. But throughout exactly. that process, having... I think, and you've mastered it. I'm sure we've mastered it, but like having so much content and then having to narrow down what I'm actually going to use. So many people get caught up with like, I have 30 different things. You got to pick one. I don't know which, just go, just pick one. And as you get better at it, you're like, and you start to find your groove and what works for your page. Like you may film a hundred different things, but you can, you'll be able to narrow down to that 10 or that five or that one. Yeah. Exactly. And the way I look at it, because I used to have that, I would, I would have too much content. At one point, I would have like 200 content ideas. And I'm like, okay, what is really going to get them to move? And I feel like people oftentimes just post without a purpose, not with intention. When you have an intention, the content pieces, it's crystal clear which ones you need to use. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so true. Um, another thought that I had when you were talking about your process and, you know, you write down all of your content ideas and then you kind of organize out what you're going to record, put on some hair and makeup, get it done, and then move into editing and, and scheduling posts. But for one thing that has helped us a lot with making the best use of our time inside of our filming days is I'll go through the content and figure out, okay, what's the best order? to complete all of this because sometimes like we'll have content where, you know, we need costume changes or if it's like a before sponsor coaching, I'll usually have no makeup and look really disheveled. And then, you know, afterwards I look glam. And so organizing what I'm going to film in what order has helped us be able to knock things out so much faster because it used to be a lot of like, Oh, okay. Um, let me see. We're well, we could do this one right now, or we could do this. I don't know. What do you guys think? And now it's just like, boom, 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 boom. Let's make this happen. And that helps our days be much more productive, but also flow a lot better. Yes. <laughs> I've actually used that strategy when I was creating my online courses. And I feel like that applies for the exact same thing. It's so smart. It's genius. And you, you really save a lot of headache for yourself and time. Sure. Yeah. And thing that you have to focus on is like how can I be as effective as possible but also efficient like how can I make this easier for me I want to work smarter and not harder in creating content because it, it always blows my mind when people say oh I'm a full-time content creator I'm like really full-time content creation that's that's a lot yeah. like you're doing that on purpose yeah. like you signed up to do that like yeah doing that on purpose you don't have to do that on purpose like we can, you can make time for fabulous content, still have time to respond and engage in the DMs, still have time to close sales, still have time to see clients, still have time. Like there's a way that you can make it all work for you without the burnout. 
100%. And I feel like you there's also power in studying your content and its performance because sometimes it's not about posting more and more and more. It's about posting the right things. Uh -huh. So there's like a, I feel like the industry is like, oh yeah, you know, it should be quality over quantity. I mean, if you could do quality and quantity at the same time, you win. But there's no point of doing quantity if nothing sticks. You know, it's like throwing spaghetti on the walls. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Exactly. I'm glad that you brought that up. So for all of our listeners, if you are using just a regular personal account on Instagram, you need to transition it over to a business or creator account because that will allow you to see your analytics, which tells you how your audience is responding to the content that you're putting out. So you want to know how many people, like what was the reach or what was the engagement? The saves. What, how many people yeah. saved it? How many people liked it? How many people viewed it and didn't engage with it? That's all really valuable data that you need to use so that you can start improving the content that you're producing. Absolutely. And as much as we say, like, don't do not worry about going viral. That is the worst thing you can do because we've went viral. Maybe I think three times in five years, like, and we weren't looking for it, yeah. but it's, it's a, it's a losing battle to try to find something that hits the spark across the world. Just be, quality and consistent. And being viral, you might actually attract the wrong type of audience. So that's another thing. Mm -hmm. I find like my mentorship business page, because I have two accounts, my lash page, which does have a high following and my smaller following page. I really study the saves and shares, not how many views, not how many likes. I feel like there's so much power in the saves because that tells you what the audience actually wants to see. That's what they want. They're saving it. They're interested in it. Yeah. And the same with the shares, if they, with all of the content that's out there that they're having to scroll, not having to, but they're choosing to scroll through every single day. If they saw enough value in your content that they wanted to share it with somebody that's else, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. So I agree. The saves and the shares are the two most important analytics that we look at as well. So exactly. Yeah, it's great. Okay. Leah, we have absolutely loved this discussion with you. Can you share how our listeners can get in touch with you if they want to work with you or learn more? Yes. So you can reach out to me on my business mentorship page, which is LI Alignment, Lee Alignment. And um, I would love to hear your feedback, your thoughts on this podcast and where you are in your journey. So don't hesitate to reach out. Awesome. We'll put that. We'll make sure we put that in the description below as well. Absolutely. Sounds so good. Leah, thank you for being here, thank for you. sharing your expertise and your insight with us and with our audience. And for everybody listening and watching today, thank you so much for being here as well. And we'll see you in the next episode.